Welcome to the GrassCast, the host of your show, Quab and Sean. Game on. Hey everybody, this is Sean. And this is Quab. Uh, yeah, and uh, this is the second episode of the GrassCast, and apparently I'm doing the introduction. Uh, we have a special guest here, uh, but before we do that, uh, we have some very important business to take care of. Yeah. Uh, and uh, what was the title of this? Uh, Quab and Sean Get It On, which, I mean, has different connotations, but it sounds pretty good. Uh, <laughs> we're going to play a little rock, paper, scissors. Uh, we started this last week, and uh, hopefully it keeps going. Yeah, we're hoping this takes the, the world by storm. So, <laughs> yeah, and we saw a video of like a new technique on how to do it. I don't know if it's going to work. Do you want to do the fist together? Oh, not not do one, two, three. OK, we'll do one, two, three. Oh, I don't know if we're at the next level. OK, wait, first, because we were talking about this before. Is it rock, paper, scissors or paper, scissors, rock? <sighs> it's it's obviously rock, paper, scissors. Everyone knows it's rock, paper, scissors. Our guest knows it's rock, paper, scissors. Um, and I've never heard any other order besides that. It's that's madness. I was saying paper, scissors, rock, and I argue that that's the correct way to do it, but I'll concede for now and do rock, paper, scissors. All right. Um, I've also been, uh, we were talking about like different ways we can do this. Um, uh, things like psychological warfare. So I had Mm -hmm. the idea of like trying to influence your decision before we play oh yeah okay so you know we want to really like rock this game really really well today and like you know <laughs> just just rock it out and yeah and rock, rock me on my day okay all the rocks and yeah yeah Let's see how it. this goes rock. all right yeah okay. all right Let's, so, yeah, ready? so we're doing uh, do you want to count it like rock paper scissors and then we do it on scissors uh yeah sure okay okay good yeah rock paper scissors no. Oh my goodness! And I have scissors, and Sean has paper. So uh, I'm gonna. You didn't put out a rock. What's wrong with you? <laughs> so I'm gonna record that one anyway. Uh, yeah. So our special guest. Uh, yeah. Um, our guest today is Amon Turtleleaf. Um, he is a friend of ours, and he is a avid board gamer. Uh, that's actually how we met. Um, studied computer science at the University of Windsor, and now is a computer programmer. Um, and that, uh, I think that about sums it up. So, uh, welcome, Amon. Hi, thanks for having me here. No problem. Thanks for coming. Yeah. So, uh, first things first, how do you feel that game went? That game of rock, paper, scissors? I think that was amazing. I won, um, which is very good. Um, it was, it was, I was curious, um, when Sean kept saying rock, I thought he would have said either I was going to, you were going to throw a rock or right. say, I think you're going to throw a rock. And like, if you didn't know, who you think is gonna rock? Go like throw rock, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe that would have a bigger impact than just saying rock. But, yeah. <laughs> I did want to quickly point out that there is, in case you are wondering any legitimacy to rock paper scissors, there is, I believe, a website called Rock Paper Shotgun, mm. uh, oh, yeah. which is based off that. Also, some people say Rochambeau, but I don't yeah. know where that's from. Hmm. Uh, I think that was a code word in the Revolutionary War. Uh, really, Lafayette. Um, some other thing. I only know that from Hamilton, but that could not be one hundred percent historically accurate. Um, yeah, I thought Rochambeau was the one where you, at the end of it, you like meet each other in the crotch or something. Yeah, like there's that. a lot of yeah. There's a I think there's a lot of crotch based play with uh, Rochambeau. Okay, <laughs> I think it was from uh, what was that show? You know that show with the things? Oh right, that show. Yeah, yeah, South Park, South Park. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what there. I'm thinking of. All right, um, yeah, so. So, um, where do we want to start? Well, I mean, we have a guest here. We should probably like pay attention and maybe ask right. Him questions yeah, we should or... like ask him things and stuff. Yeah, but... I probably didn't do a good job introducing the podcast because it's the Grasshopper podcast. I don't right, think I, I think you said Grasscast. <laughs> I do like we, Grasscast. We go, we go way in better. between Grasscast and Grasshopper. Grasscast is like the short form of what we're calling it. Gr- grasscast is what our fans call us. Uh, yes, right. The Grassheads, uh, pretty into it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, no, don't make that catch on. Um, okay, so um, I guess, you know, let's start with some of the, the questions that we were thinking about asking our guests and see how that goes. Yeah. Um, where are my questions? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, Aman, what is the first game you played or basically remembered playing? It's hard. Let me think. I do remember I was playing both cards and chess around, say, a bit before first grade. Okay. Um, 
like first games I would have played would probably have been something with uh, my parents or other kids. So it might have been, you know, some like um, I wouldn't say like heads up seven up because that's in like in class, but you know, um, I don't know, maybe hopscotch or something like that. I don't know. Hmm. I can't uh, remember what was heads up seven up like. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember how that works at all. Yeah, but I, remember the I name. know the name. Something know about the name. <laughs> um, everybody puts their head down, right? Was there like a head down component, and then somebody goes around, taps on a player's shoulder, and okay, then, and then you say heads up seven up, and now I don't know where this goes after that. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah I don't remember the game part of it. That's uh-huh. Anybody right. listening who knows about Heads Up 7 Up, let us know. Yeah, let us the know. Game and let your us know. great experience playing it. Mm. Um, yeah, I do remember playing that, and I don't know why, and I don't remember exactly what the rules were. Yeah. Or if it was some kind of marketing ploy for 7 Up. Yeah, it sounds like it was. Gotten to... The Noid. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> the Noid, yeah. Okay. Uh, what was the last game that you you played recently? Hmm. The last game I played recently was probably a board game mm-hmm. let me try to think off the top of my head i would probably remember oh okay it was a a game i got from one of my friends it was called something along the lines of keep calm okay. might even just keep calm and keep calm and something huh. it's a um sort of cards against humanity type game where you know you throw questions and everybody throws in an answer and you know, you pick the funniest answer. Mm-hmm. And it's generally along the lines of, uh, what would you do in this situation? And the answers are, keep calm and do this or do that. Hmm. Do you always have to keep calm? Yes. Hmm. Keep calm and carry on, I think, from the British World War II thing, maybe? Is yeah, it like the, the red poster with mm-hmm. white it's text? A, it's a poster during, I believe, I think I heard somewhere that it wasn't actually used in World War II, but ah. it was uh, a propaganda poster that was maybe place in case Britain was occupied by Nazi Germany. And then it was found later on, and then people really liked it. Oh, okay, yeah. But I, could, I, I could be, you know, yeah, making stuff up right now. Yeah, really yeah, sure. no, that's what we do on the show. Uh, that's <laughs> Yeah, we, we're we not fact-checking yeah. all of our stuff yeah. Um, eventually. Yeah, we're connected to the internet. No, that's what the listeners are for. Like, yeah. That's why we have <laughs> to listeners. keep us on our toes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so what, I mean, what about games do you like the most? What aspect of gameplay do you enjoy the most? Hmm. Well, it's a bit different. Like you mentioned, I quite like board games. I do play video games, but I play mm-hmm. them, play the, these two things for different reasons, I would say. Okay. For board games, it's more of a, a social thing. Mm-hmm. I really like getting uh, together with my friends, hanging out, talking, we play some games. And for video games, it could be something different, maybe something of a, a pastime, you know, like take a break for 10 minutes, play a game. Hmm. Or, you know, like play one of those longer games where it's more of a, a story experience, you know, as opposed to like watching a movie or something. Right. Um, so would you say you enjoy board games more than video games? Uh, possibly. I play more board games than uh-huh. I play video okay. games. I, I, the, the thing is, part of that is that I don't have a really uh, strong uh, computer or anything like that. And okay. that's been the case for most of my life. <laughs> In fact, I remember once as a kid, uh, I we went, me and my parents went to a store somewhere. My parents said, you can go pick out a video game. And so I got, uh, I think it was... Knights of the Old Republic 2 for the oh, computer. Nice and then we brought it back home. And then we found that our, you know, graphics card was too old to play it. And my so parents worst. were like, well, we're not replacing your computer. So I guess <laughs> you'll have to put it back. It's like, well, oh, that was the end of that. So, yeah. That is traumatic. <laughs> that is. How do you think your life would be different if you got to actually play Knights of the Old Republic that day? Oh, I don't know. I know. So different. I would be saying, like, you know, video games forever, maybe. Who knows? Mm-hmm. So you think that's what's held you back from being more of a video gamer? It's just not having the equipment to play? Oh, I mean, um, that that might be part of it. Starting in high school, I kind of stopped playing uh, video games. And also it was in university when I really started playing a board game was, hmm. was introduced to it. Yeah. So how did you get introduced in university? Uh, so I met a friend of a friend who was quite into board games himself. He would have, you know, a duffel bag full of games and so forth. 
And one day he went to me and my friends and says, so there's a game called Risk Legacy, which is like <laughs> Risk. It's a campaign. So there were 15, ga- uh, 15 games. It costs around 100 bucks. Let's all pitch in to buy it and we'll play it. So for people Wait. who were just already not enjoying the fact that <laughs> Risk was a long game to finish, then now you play it 15 times. Oh, well, I, I, I hadn't played Risk before that point in time. So that was... Uh, and new and fascinating. Ooh, how long does it? this game for? <laughs> how long does a campaign of Risk Legacy take? Oh man, I, I I quite remember. It was around three or four hours, less less than a normal game of Risk. You know, I mean, like you wouldn't be able to play fifteen campaign games otherwise. It's uh, you have to um conquer like other people's capital bases, so you don't have to like wipe them off the board or anything like that. Okay, but uh, it was. It was a it was a traumatic experience in learning how cruel <laughs> games can be. As, as a note, we were I think four or five people, and out of fifteen games, I won one. Okay, that's yeah. not bad. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Um, yeah, it was. I, I learned all about the the cruel fate of dice, and and learned learned to hate them. And uh, yeah, hmm. not a dice fan. No, I I've I've come to like. Quite dislike war games and really, really long war games as a result. Oh, afterwards. interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, what about like chance in games? Like, how do you feel? Are you just against dice? That's an interesting. Oh no, no, no. It's um, I mean, it depends. I mean, for any game you play, it's chance. If, if there's a lot of randomness to it. It's fine as long as the game is short. I mean, like okay. if the game is three hours and it's random. And I've played games like that, right? You don't feel as much investment in it, and it mm. feels like it mm. gets kind of boring, right? Mm. So, like, you want some sort of... If it's a really long game, you want some sort of agency. And uh, the thing with war games for me is that, like, it kind of sucks playing a really long game because you get really, really, really invested into it, right? <laughs> and then if you get eliminated after two hours and you watch your friends play for another hour, well, you know. Yeah, no, uh, what is that, uh... Sunk cost fallacy or something, or nah, I'm probably talking out of my butt, which some, is what we need. Some cost, sunk, sunk cost fallacy. The more you put into it, like uh, like a business or a game or anything like that, the more you're invested in it. Like you're like, yeah. I, I got to keep going, even though I could quit right now and like yeah. save money or save my time or something like that. But yeah, no, I I can totally understand that. Mm. Uh, that's rough. All right. Um. So I guess from this discussion, I would say would you consider yourself a gamer uh yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. um i mean we never defined gamer that could be a whole episode yeah it's an yeah i've i've struggled with that as well um i mean i've played a gamer too so does (laughs) that that make you a gamer (laughs) yeah i mean yeah how do you feel about what, what what do you think defines someone being a gamer is that is that definable uh Maybe. I, I feel it's a bit of a weird term to use, especially uh, nowadays. It's more mm-hmm. of a, a cultural statement, right? Like, mm-hmm. like I'm a gamer, so to speak. But um, I would call myself a gamer because uh, I, I play games quite often uh, recreationally, right? It's not... Uh, I, 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 I seek out to play games as opposed to, you know, like, maybe, like, just friends invite me and I say, sure, why not? Let's play games. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't call myself an avid bowler. I've bowled a couple of times and people have invited me. <laughs> you're not a bowler. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. specifically, you would say you're an avid, uh, or you are a board gamer. Yes. Yeah. Um, cool. Um, so we were talking about this previously, but we're hoping you had maybe an idea about it now. But what, can you think of a game that you played that you feel like has ruined your life in some, in some way? Like yeah. a game that you... I mean, it sounds like Risk Legacy, maybe. Oh, man, Risk Legacy is <laughs> yeah, up there. Yeah, it sounds like it, yeah. Risk Legacy is up there, you know. Okay. Yeah, how do you feel like that impacted oh. your view of games? Um, I'll, I'll give you an example from another game. So okay. a game similar to Risk is there is a game called Game of Thrones, the board game, mm, which is similar to Risk. <laughs> and as a board gamer, I've played a lot of games, I can like separately recognize that it is a nice and well-designed game. Mm. There's no, for example, dice rolling in that game. You use cards mm. uh, from a hand of cards and like it, it's it's more strategy to it, this and that. But it was one of those games where I think like the one of the first few times I played the game, 
I got uh, backstabbed by one of my allies at the very beginning. And then uh -huh. I spent the rest of the game realizing that I was in no situation of winning the game, right? Mm -hmm. I could maybe attack some people, but I, I would never be, I would never have the chance to really like grab forth and like win the game. Hmm. And so I, I feel like, like, like that's affecting me in terms of like, I, I no longer want to seek out those types of games. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not really. I haven't played uh, a lot of civilization games or like you know warring games. But I, I feel like I, I've learned now that maybe that's not my type of thing. Maybe my type of thing is more you know build stuff by myself and see if I can get the most points. <laughs> but I mean, you mm. play like the hidden role games. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. With us, like, uh, what are some examples? Uh, uh, werewolf. Yeah, werewolf, werewolf is probably the one. Uh, Resistance is Resistance usually the big is, one. Yeah, very, yeah. Um, we play Avalon a lot. Um, Secret Hitler is Secret a, Hitler. Oh, that's a great game. Yeah. Very good game. <laughs> uh, oh, what was the one with cops though? Oh, good cop, bad cop. Good cop, bad oh, cop. I never played yes. that. Yeah, it's interesting because like, so winning is like important for you, right? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because probably like talking about hidden role games and good cop, bad cop. Like one of my best, uh, like playing a board game experience was playing uh, Good Cop, Bad Cop. And by the end of it, I was the only good cop and mm -hmm. everyone else was corrupt. And like, there was like so many guns pointed at me <laughs> and like just everyone, everyone was evil except me. And uh, it was like one of the most fun like experiences I've had like yeah. in a game. It was just hilarious <laughs> getting screwed so many times. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, just dying in a hail of bullets. It was very good. I just wanted to shoot one person and I didn't even get to do that. Somebody stole my gun. That's a good game. <laughs> I really like those uh, deception games. Mm. And the difference is, is that like it's, it's really streamlined to have all the allies uh, backstabbing this and that. Yeah. And it condenses it down to say, you know, an hour, half an hour, something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I could see like if this game was taking like four hours and somebody backstabbed me and I'm just trapped in it. Yeah. yeah. That would be very frustrating. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, that's all the questions. Oh yeah, I, I, okay. Creator, we need we need we need more questions for guests. This <laughs> no, no, this is, this is the first one. Yeah. Well, another topic we were thinking about, uh, maybe to date the podcast, uh, these things aren't timely. Um, <laughs> is uh, we all saw the movie Ready Player One. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so maybe. So we could, I mean, that's I mean that's a good movie for this podcast, podcast because about games. Sandy is about games. <laughs> yeah. Um, specifically, I mean, are we doing spoilers or Whoa. do we worry about that kind of stuff on this? Do you want to try to go spoiler free and then people can skip it? How much, how much is there really to spoil? I mean, you can figure out the plot in like the first 10 minutes. We that. have literally no listeners at this point. So, uh, <laughs> we're going to spoil the crap out of this movie. So. Yeah. Don't, right. don't listen to this if you want to uh, have Ready Player One. Yeah, like skip three. skip ahead like two minutes and if we're still talking. No, that's way too short. Skip ahead like... 10 minutes listen you can't, you can't have this movie there's, there's no there's no matrix wide opening <laughs> reveals in this movie so you're gonna be fine um okay so the premise of the movie yeah it's um basically uh i mean do you want to do this <laughs> yeah sure, sure. okay so <laughs> it's uh it's your typical like coming of age hero story uh there's this dude wade wilson or whatever mm -hmm. He lives downtrodden. He's a bit, um, he's a bit like uh, Luke Skywalker. It's not his situation isn't that great. Um, and there's this in this particular version of the world, everyone kind of escapes their reality through this very popular um, virtual reality. The Oasis. Yeah, game called the Oasis, which you can pretty much do anything you want, and every pop culture character <laughs> in existence can be a skin. It's a lot like. Uh, what was that? Second Life mm. uh, kind of a concept, uh, yeah. but like done well with like uh, immersive uh, VR mm -hmm. um, and like haptics and like gloves and everything like that. And I forget what year it's set in the future. Yeah, they really tap into like the technology of today with the idea of like having a VR headset. And as soon as they, they mentioned omnidirectional tracks, I was like hooked. Because oh, yeah. I was like, yes, this is what this is what VR has been missing. I'm glad you mentioned this. Yeah. And I want this to now become a, a thing. Yeah. So like, yeah, we can even talk about like an omnidirectional uh, track. Yeah. Tre what was it? Treadmill or whatever. Treadmill. It's, yeah. It's, it's essentially a treadmill, but you can walk in any direction. So you can 
right. ostensibly be in the same place, but you can walk around in 3D worlds. Right, because so. a big problem now with trying to play VR is you have sort of a hollow deck set up where you can walk around in like a nine foot by nine foot room. And if you start walking forward, you can only walk forward about nine feet and then you bump into a wall. Yeah. So you can't ever like really feel like you're exploring a world because you're you still feel like you're trapped in this in this room. But with this, this track, you can walk in any direction. It knows which direction you're walking in and just keeps moving you in place. And you feel like you're just walking through this like limitless world. Yeah, which is really cool. And yeah, that's mind blowing. Yeah. And, um, I mean, what else happens? I mean, the plot of the movie is not that it's important. It's just, uh, it's, there's a the, quest. The, the owner dies. Yeah, the owner dude dies. I don't remember his name. Uh, there's a uh, quest to find three keys. It's perfectly fine. It doesn't matter. Um, but uh, yeah, there's this quest to find three. Oh, shoot. Bevan, have you seen this? Are we ruining this for you? Or do you even care? No, he doesn't care. He doesn't. He doesn't. Anyway, he's, he's looking it up. Oh, <laughs> um, uh, yeah. There's this quest to find three keys and. Oh, okay. Okay. So he doesn't want to know. So um, it's, yeah, it, they're, they're trying to find three keys. And then whoever, whoever finds these three keys that the uh, creator has hidden throughout the game, you own the majority stocks in this game um and you run essentially the most important thing in the world um yeah and i mean we can like skip ahead and to keep spoilers to a minimum but uh he finds all the keys uh he joins a rebellion uh they defeat the evil corporate uh not real fans and right uh, there's like a corporate entity that's like trying to yeah get that and get the keys as people. most efficiently as possible yeah. and um yeah but uh your your basic uh, whatever he he finds love and uh yeah takes over the company and uh what was interesting is he shuts it down on tuesdays and thursdays which was very interesting to me. oh yeah <laughs> yeah that's like in the end anyway but we can talk in more general terms uh, right. so what did everyone think of the movie who um well i liked it it was it was fun it was entertaining I feel the only thing was that several times during the movie, I, I was like put out by saying like, huh, I don't think that lo like logistically made sense. It was like, mm. I'm not quite sure like how this all carries out. For example, like say a character um, loses an arm and he starts spilling coins <sighs> from that arm because like when a character dies, they right. all convert to coins. And I may be thinking, you know, like, like, you know, if he got a nick on his face with like one mm. coin started like falling out every now and then. <laughs> Overall, I found it was entertaining. I liked yeah, it. I like I like the idea of they called it zeroing out. So yeah. you're like accumulating all this this wealth, this like in game money, which turns and you can like use it to buy real world goods. Oh yeah, because he bought the suit with yeah, the money it's like kind of like a Bitcoin type. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> you got like this a... in, in game currency that be, can become real currency, and so. Mm you can keep using and accumulating it to buy like new weapons and new upgrades and stuff. But as soon as somebody in the game kills you, you zero out and you lose all your money. You start from zero again. And like, you see like in the movie that has like real world consequences. Cause yeah. like somebody puts down like their mortgage on like buying something cool in the game to like, because they're going to win this new thing and get all these coins. And then someone kills them and they zero out and they're like, uh Oh, now I can't pay for the house that I have. And then, yeah. So it affects real world. Yeah, it was an interesting concept. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And the evil overlord company is like, takes everyone. Like, uh, there was like a whole debt plot, which was really interesting. Like, if you owe this company, mm -hmm. then like you have to work in internment camps. So it was, yeah, dystopic <laughs> stuff too. Um, oh, and it was even interesting, like uh, the evil overlord company or whatever. What were they called? IOI. IOI, which yeah. just they, like a 101 thing. Yeah, they had some really good branding. Their building was shaped like uh, 101, <laughs> which was fun. Um, <laughs> That uh, seems like an architectural nightmare. Yeah, no. Like, oh, where are you? <laughs> Floor three in the middle of the zero. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, and like uh, I was watching this review um, that was kind of picking it apart mm. and saying how like, you know, it didn't really, There's there were some parts where like if it felt like it missed like the concepts of gamer culture, like the like the idea that, okay, so in the, in the, the first key that they have to get is in this race. Oh, yeah. And they have to, you know, everybody's trying to figure out, like, everybody thinks that you have to get to the finish line to get the key. And they actually find out that, no, you have to, like, secretly drive backwards in order to do it. And, like, gamers, if they, if they know that there's, like, exploits and all these weird hidden things, like, 
so, and in the and in the movie it says like it's been like what five years yeah five years before mm-hmm. and no one has found it and nobody's tried to like hey let's like gamers will be like hey let's like touch every corner of the map yeah. to see like what's broken yeah and like you've got this whole corporation that's dedicated to doing it and they're just gonna be like every day like just drive forward like we're <laughs> yeah. never gonna Set think of as many else. people as possible yeah. so that kind of bugged me like it would have made more sense if this is like the first day of the challenge <laughs> like nobody's tried these exploits yet yeah but it's like it's been five years and this kid just like realized like oh i have to drive backwards okay yeah so that kind of especially me. since uh, well a race is essentially like a speed run right and if you look mm. at like yeah. how most people do speed runs it is by like well like let me find like let me touch everything let me find like any possible advantage mm-hmm. i can find in the game that is so interesting <laughs> like that concept of just like obsessively finding things like uh yeah, just exploring the map and seeing where the invisible walls don't go or trying to get to places you can't get to is just like mm-hmm. so great. It, it makes me wonder, like the author of the book, you was like from that era, but I don't know. So I guess we should probably mention that. Um, and I, I'm assuming that none of us have actually read the book for no, this. I okay. have not read the book, but like I heard like a review on it. So from people who did not like the book. So like that kind of colored my view. Um, people who didn't like the book but they how did they feel about the movie oh no i just, oh, they just this didn't... was years ago oh, okay. like uh, i heard somebody some a group of people talking about the book and they i have like heard the mixed book. reviews about the book yeah i think the like okay so the, my issues with it are a little like the main dude is just kind of boring and i think he's a lot worse in the book just kind of oh, really? like the worst aspects of gamer cultures and stuff like that of like maybe not necessarily like you're not a real fan, that kind of mm-hmm. dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't know. I can, I'm not like so invested in him, but like everyone else around, it's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Where were we going? <laughs> <laughs> I, I did want to point out, um, like you mentioned before, I really, I thought it was interesting how they did the whole VR setup, right? Mm-hmm. It was, uh, it felt very like, I would say contemporary. It wasn't a right. view of like a hundred years. Let me put on this like giant helmet and go into this, you know, whole right. mechanism thing. It's like goggles. Well, we have, you know, mm-hmm. VR goggles right now, trackpads. We've seen that, you know, like people running in trackpads, uh, playing around with that. Yeah. One of the things I found was interesting was that at some point the character, uh, main character, he buys a suit that he can suit. put on yeah. and start yeah. feeling things. Yeah. And that was interesting. Uh, two aspects, both of uh, feeling things. And one of the things was that one of the bad guys in the movie at some point gets like kicks in the crotch in the virtual world. Right. And yeah. he felt real pain in the real world. Mm-hmm. And I thought like that, that probably shouldn't happen. Right. You know, like the game shouldn't be allowed to hurt you that badly. <laughs> well, <I laughs> That's mean... interesting. And I, I've thought about that like for, you know, it, the idea of like it would be really cool to have like VR games where you're like having a sword fighting, right? Mm-hmm. But the problem is like, how do you do resistance to a sword? Like, if you're swinging into something, yeah, that's the other thing. And you right? stop. Does like if you've got a game set up where like it's got the feedback is so strong that like you try to swing as hard as you can and the feedback pulls you back and like snaps your wrists. Yeah, that's not going to sell very well. No, but you're going to have a more realistic experience. Like you, it's so weird to like play a sword game right now. And I mean, it, it actually kind of makes sense for any game that's like star Wars based. Yeah. You have a lightsaber Cause you assume like through. lightsabers are weightless and you can just mm-hmm. yeah. swing them and they have zero resistance. And like that game always like, like it, when you see it, like it, it makes sense. You don't have any problems like getting around that concept of like, well, I have a sword that's just infinitely light and it can just swing through everything yeah. but then when you try to play like a medieval game and you're supposed to have like this broadsword yeah and you can just swing it like you're swinging like you know a piece of string you're like this this feels weird this feels wrong mm-hmm. so it kind of takes you out of the game a little bit yeah but like you're saying like if you have like a feedback mechanism that like actually it, like you know stops you or like yeah. gives you like real world consequences to swinging it then would people want that either I mean, there, there's been, there's probably right now like 10 different Kickstarters with mm-hmm. uh, vests, that. which <laughs> let you feel bullets like, yeah. um, or like, uh, even like, uh, they can give you an electric shock in different spots too. Like, I think I've seen at least two of those if you want to be in the game. That's um, weird. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, haptics, they're probably going to be a necessary component of, uh, of VR, which is interesting. And we had an early introduction into that. When yeah. we were kids, we had the rumble pack. Yeah. Which you got, like, I remember playing Star Fox for the first time on my uh, N64, and you're, like, flying around, and you, 
Like as soon as you do like a flip, the thing just starts shaking like crazy, and you're like, "Oh my god, I'm in the <laughs> ship right now." <laughs> that was a cool experience, it, but, but it, it, was, like, it wore so off basic. quickly. Yeah, it was so yeah, yeah, it was so basic. It was just the yeah. same rumble pretty much. There wasn't even like granularity and like levels and stuff, right? Oh yeah, when it first came out, like, like now now they've perfected a little bit where it's oh, like yeah. in the controllers, like it's just it's monitored. But like yeah, those those first games, it would just like. Yeah. You do anything and it shakes the controller <laughs> part. Yeah, those good times. Those good uh, times. Simpler times. Early haptics. Yeah. That's yeah, cool. haptics are interesting. I mm-hmm. think they're an, they're an important part to this whole VR landscape. Um, what else was there? Um, oh yeah, and I guess there would always be a bit of safety. Like you'll you'll feel something like, or maybe there's like a dial you can turn up the notch for yeah. pain or something. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why that. That character of like the CEO of the evil company, I feel like he would turn pain off like 100%. <laughs> I thought it was another cool thing when they were in the the van and they had those harnesses hooked up oh, so they could yeah. do like flips and stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was cool. I, I never, I don't know why I never even thought about that, but I, I just got stopped at the track and then I was like, mm-hmm. oh, if you could just do backflips in the air, that would be. Yeah, that'd be cool. Amazing. And then you could like simulate flight. You could just like oh, yeah. go vertical and like fly around in a map. Yeah. yeah. That would be. Yeah, anti gravity type stuff, or even yeah. like sitting in a car, like it can, if the suit could like uh, get rigid mm. and stuff, it could actually uh, simulate like chairs and hard mm-hmm. surfaces and stuff. Like right. That. Again, I don't know how the physics of any of that will work, <laughs> <Yeah>. mm-hmm. <laughs> but like the idea of a suit that can offer resistance um, is really interesting. Yeah. Uh, so I think it presents a lot of cool ideas. Yeah, yeah. But okay. um, what about some criticisms for it? Well, like uh, I said, I think it didn't. There are things about gamer culture that it kind of got wrong. It missed. Um, The main character was annoying. Yeah. Um, Any criticism from you, Amon? Let me try to think. What was I thinking about? Oh, yeah. I found just a curious premise. So the, the main idea was that we've got this person who created the Oasis, right? And he died and he hid. Uh, these keys, right? Mm-hmm. They're not just randomly somewhere, right? Uh, to find them, you have to go through clues and uh, go into his personal life. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it was very personal. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it just you know, as a as a programmer and person who makes things, it was just curious ideas. Before he dies, he thought, well, I want people to really delve into my personal life, all my mm-hmm. dirty secrets. Mm-hmm. I want people to like really focus on the negative things that happened in my life yeah yeah that whole i kind of like how he came across in the like the movie because he seems to be like on the like autism spectrum yeah Uh, i don't know if that's how it's presented in the book or not but uh there is one of my criticism is like there's this whole thing about like being obsessed with pop culture and like i think the issue i had just hearing about the criticism from the book before was like obsession with pop culture isn't necessarily healthy like this is not the most important things in the world like your deep deep knowledge of like some obscure video game does not isn't that useful really but this movie presents it as the most uh important thing in the entire like world at Mm -hmm. this point like uh wade wins because he is the truest fan he is you know mm-hmm. um which uh, but i also like how they turn it around and it's like you got to go out into the real world um and mm-hmm. don't be so obsessed with uh with games but yeah that's a fast that character is really interesting yeah like my life is so important i'm gonna archive every literal thing i've yeah. ever done every game is- i've played is insane. Every movie I've seen. Yeah. It's just insane. And like, this is the coolest character. I mean, I don't know if they really like point out, he wasn't happy. Like, they kind of point that out, but like, um, I don't know. It's it's not the healthiest way to live. <laughs> or even when the main character met the, uh, was it Artemis, Artemis yeah. the other girl? She she tested him, right? And what was the yeah. test on? It was yeah. a test on geek what check. that, it wasn't even geek culture. It was the game creator, what his, what oh, his tastes yeah. were, right? Yeah, what's yeah, his yeah. favorite band? What's his favorite, yeah. you know, game? What's his favorite, you know, right. Easter egg, yeah. this and that, right? Yeah. I was talking to this about, about this with a friend the other day and um brought up the idea of like i feel like this is sort of um a similar case to what's happening with like elon musk right now like Mm. he's so idolized that people know all these like crazy weird references about him yeah so he's kind of become and like wouldn't it be crazy if like 
I mean, you could see him making something like the Oasis. Oh yeah, I yeah. think mm-hmm. too. And like, that's kind of funny how you know art imitates life through vice versa. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like there's a, this weird pop, this weird fascination with Elon Musk and every like detail of his life now. Yeah. Um, so I could definitely see him as like a Halloway character. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah. I, um, oh, it's gonna. I had a criticism. Now I just blanked on it. Shoot. Oh, the. Um, yeah, I just feel like. Uh, we're at a point right now where like 80s pop culture references are at such a yep. critical peak. Like every movie now feels like it's they're trying to make it as if it's from the 80s. And this movie is just like 80s references nonstop. Yeah. yeah. It's like, OK, are you guys not sick of this yet? We are going to make you sick of this yeah. by the end of this movie. And it was cool to see like, I don't know, I was, I'm always I'm a huge fan of the Iron Giant. Yeah. So, <laughs> Like, seeing him <laughs> fight was amazing. That was pretty... Okay. I, I have criticism, but, like, at the end of the day, a Gundam fights Mecha Godzilla, and it looks amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and the Iron Giant's there. And there's these... Uh, it was... Yeah. It and that was, first racing scene was beautiful. And, like, yeah. the whole time I was yeah. watching it, I'm like, how are they going to make a game out of this? <laughs> Which is a funny thing, right? Like, because every movie, every, like, popular movie... They always want to make a game out of it. Yeah. And you've got a movie now, which is like you're it's... living in these games. And the only way to really like stay true to the the movie would be to actually like create the Oasis. Yeah. It's, it's which a... would be an interesting result of people's fascination with this movie, I guess. Yeah. Just to actually create the thing that's inside of it. Yeah, it would be interesting. The things that it like if you die and you lose everything you've accumulated in the game, I don't know if that would like actually translate to real life. I mean, maybe like for some hardcore people. Um, but if that's the only system, if there's not like a kitty zone, you can stay in. Well, maybe they, they kind of have that in the movie. Maybe like, there where is. you're there, there were safe zones, but then oh, there were, like, where worlds you, can... you go to where like all the yeah. are off. Oh, okay, yeah, that probably would be how. It works. Yeah, okay. if you're like in PvP. the lobby, if you're in the lobby, people can't just come up and <laughs> gank you. But, <laughs> yeah, um, if you're on the. Okay. Yeah. yeah, you're. You know what you you signed up for. Right. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe that. that is was that the case? Point. I'm just curious because to be fair, I there think... was a point where they're in this dance hall, right? And all of a sudden, people start busting into the gun. <laughs> but I think the dance hall. Up. They said it at one point, if I'm not mistaken, like this is that, that was a zone where things can happen. Oh okay. really? Yeah. Right. Okay. But That's like a the, weird thing to make out of a dance hall. <laughs> I I think it was because it was like one of the early levels. Like oh, it didn't okay. have sure. it didn't have the, the matrix <laughs> restrictions of uh-huh. safety on it. Uh-huh. But I, I think like in the lobby, everybody was safe. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. I'm like, sure there would be safe. That's interesting. Yeah. Translating it to real life, I don't know. Eh. I okay. Don't here, know. here's a question: Would you, if there was an oasis, would you guys sign? Like, how how into it do you guys think you would be? Hmm. on first <laughs> i don't know it's you know if there are games right it really depends on what the game is i am quite curious on the other like recreational aspects you know they, they said like mm. oh you can go uh surfing you can go right. mountain climbing right like depending on how high uh like f- the fidelity of the experiences you know that that'd be something you know cool to do hmm. so like if surfing wasn't readily available to you you could just log in and yeah surf mm-hmm. um you think people would use that as sort of a way to overcome their fears so like mm. if you're really afraid of uh i mean me heights for, heights, heights yeah. is good yeah mm-hmm. um you would just like simulate jumping off a building yeah mm-hmm. yeah there there's been studies where they actually do that for people with intense phobias like in vr like they'll walk up to the edge of a tall simulated building and like they know it's not real, but like you go through all the emotions you would otherwise. Mm-hmm. I think it was beneficial. Um, yeah, I think it was beneficial. But all right, so Quab, would you live in the Oasis? Uh, I know my personality, so the <laughs> Oasis terrifies me. I'm free. Why is that? Because <laughs> I probably wouldn't leave. Like, oh, okay, it yeah. would be bad news. But you wouldn't see me probably. <laughs> I don't know. I, I can take breaks, but <laughs> if it was as it was presented, it might be. Uh, too intense but it was an interesting thing because it was like totally an escape from like the world and this is pretty messed up and pretty horrible so yeah they and i guess another thing that bugged me about it's like they kind of gloss over the whole fact that like you get this like two minute spiel in the start of like there's been what was it like bandwidth riots yeah and (laughs) something else it's just the taste that's for the right and now the world is just (laughs) terrible and the only way to escape is in the oasis yeah 
Um, I would have liked, yeah, to like kind of seen the, the bigger world and like what's kind of going on and how did how did this giant corporation really become get into power? I guess that would make the movie longer than it already yeah, is. Yeah, it's interesting because you I listen to a lot of podcasts like reviewing bad movies and mm -hmm. like the thing that commonly comes up is like either like way too long uh, narration at the beginning or just like a block of text at the beginning. Mm -hmm. So you got to read about this world and like I, I hear what you're saying. Like it is interesting to me and maybe they maybe that's what the book is for. Maybe they explain it more. Hmm. Uh, but I don't know. For some reason, like movies, and especially this one where it's like, how much just straight up CG? Like you're in the CG world for so much. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I was just like, I want to see, I want to see a Gundam fly around <laughs> by Mechagodzilla. <laughs> I don't really care about these bandwidth rides. They sound interesting. <laughs> nah. Bandwidth rides, yeah. yeah. I'll save it for the prequel or the, maybe I'll read the book. I don't know. Are they actually making a prequel? <laughs> no. <Okay. laughs> I mean, they could. It's probably going to make a lot of money. So, yeah. But I think we're probably around that magical 40 minute mark. <laughs> mm. um, anything else you wanted to touch on? No, we, we've got we've got a mod for a limited time. So anything? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anything yeah. you want to plug? Anything you want to I've, I've, I've heard that on other shows. Like, is that something what, you want to? What's your what, what book do you have out right now? Oh yeah, my my uh, New York Times bestseller. Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, it's 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 under wraps for now, but okay. I'll keep you posted. Okay. Yeah. We've already said too much. We're gonna have to edit <laughs> this out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I I don't know. It's uh, I would I would say I'm I'm curious what kind of uh audience your podcast will uh come about. <laughs> You're um, probably gonna thanks. be the first one listening. <laughs> besides that. Yeah, I'm hoping. Yeah, to start, I think it's just gonna be friends of ours that are like, hey. <laughs> I want to hear what they've got to say yeah. on these, these Yeah, we don't topics. talk to them enough. Mm -hmm. So yeah. let's, yeah, listen to them bloviate for... Oh, actually, minutes. how about this? Uh, in the last few minutes. Uh, <laughs> okay. So you, you've talked to me about, and I believe it's the inspiration of your title, the yeah. whole Grasshopper, right? Mm -hmm. um, by, I forget, who's the author? Uh, Bernard Seuss. Bernard Seuss. And part of the um, idea in the book is to try to define games. Right. I, I do want to talk about that. Yeah, part, this, yes. we, we should talk about that. So how do you like, and we've had a little bit of discussion about this, but yes. um, yeah. So how do you feel about the premise of the book to define, have something that universally defines games, basically? I, I'm curious. So you have to look at uh, what it is you're trying to do when you define something, right? Mm -hmm. So if you look at, say, for example, a law, uh, sorry, sorry, a legal document, right? Uh, you might define terms very specifically, right? Yeah. Uh, they're not supposed to be dictionary definitions, but they're supposed to be defining them just for the sake of the rest of the article so we all know what we're talking about, right? Mm -hmm. um, or you're trying to give, you know, a dictionary definition, like an all-about uh, definition that perfectly encompasses the thing without uh, going under or going over, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm curious because I haven't finished reading that book, right? But my understanding is that he wanted to go for the latter part, which is um, uh, try to give a be-all, end-all definition for games, right? right. And so how, how would you go about testing that, right? So to test it, right, you'd have to have a consensus among people of like, mm. this is what games are, and these, these are games, and these are not games, right? So like, uh, and the other thing is that my understanding is that this was written uh, some time ago, right? Uh, seven, I think seventy-eight. Huh? Yes. Oh really? Oh. And uh, I thought it was like earlier. Uh, <laughs> it was like the twenties. I, I have to go back and check, but I believe it's sometime in the seventies. Okay. And since the seventies, I mean, like as time mm. passes, both uh, games evolve, but you know, uh, language evolves, and mm. uh, in a sense, you know, like we uh, attribute the word game to different things, right? Okay. So for example, like, would you sometimes consider uh, tech demos games or not, right? If they're not finished games or if they're just, um, you know, you click something and an animation appears and you can just click wherever an animation appears. Is that a game? Is that not a game? Right. You know, you can slowly start uh, blurring the boundaries, say, between a game and a movie. That's happening nowadays as well, mm. right? So you're saying that um, there are things that are going to be created that uh, that we don't have today that um, are that don't fit into the category of a game. Yeah. And 
I mean, like, I guess my objection to that would be like, I feel like we've had enough time has passed enough that we've, you know, we, yeah. Um, he wrote it sort of before the mark of video games becoming mainstream, but Mm -hmm. previous to that, like we've had every type of game sort of possible. And I feel like any, any new version of uh, something that you could call a game is just a variation on the theme. It's just something that's, that we are, we've already had, but you know, it might be more, a little more technologically advanced. You might feel a bit more immersed or, um, I don't know, like what, what was the the thing you were talking about? The, the tech demo? Yeah. What, what is that exactly? Um, well, I mean, like, I, I don't know if you've seen, like, I think when I first started using say Google Chrome, okay. they had some little like, uh, tech demo things where they weren't, uh, full games, mm-hmm. but they were just showing, uh, some, you know, like, uh, interactive artistic okay you know i'm i'm, I'm not really sure what the like projects so to speak right but i think that would still lie under like i mean you've got that but you can also say you know we've, we've already had like artistic endeavors that yeah. maybe are similar to game sort of blur the lines so i feel like i don't know i just feel like there there there's been enough ga- game types and evidence to like to delve into it i i understand what you're saying about mm-hmm. like maybe like him trying to argue with himself about the definition of games might you know lend itself to having an incomplete definition because you're 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 only arguing with yourself <laughs> so you're gonna like come to your own conclusion rather than trying to argue with somebody else and reach a conclusion yeah i mean like this is philosophy like have yeah. you taken like a philosophy class uh like once or twice yeah, yeah. i mean like the whole thing it's like yeah argue forever like mm-hmm. <laughs> there are no answers <laughs> it is building upon building upon building upon building upon um, the definition and right I think ultimately it depends on again what philosophical philosophy you're kind of like subscribing to is mm-hmm. do i is there an actual truth or is there uh the truth for me and like yeah your so, definition of games might be different than mine and that's would, cool too <laughs> do you feel like you have a broad definition of games I, I, yeah, I, I, I mean, feel how, like, how would you feel like, well, what would you define a game as personally? Ooh, it'd be hard. I mean, yeah, like a, uh, an attempt at it, right? Is, yeah. Um, I would say games are, um, a collection of, uh, rules for, uh, players to say, interact with a, uh, system. And so, um, yeah they accomplish some sort of predefined goal. Okay. Yeah, something like that. Hmm. But let me l- ask you, uh, as, as a person who's who's read more into the book and mm-hmm. has an understanding of the uh, definition of what games are. Yeah. So, for example, let me posit this. Would Snakes and Ladders be a game? Uh, I believe so, yeah. All right. Um, so how is it a game despite players not making any choices in the game? Hmm. Um, I think... So I kind of go back to his sort of definition of... Oh, maybe what, we should say what that definition yeah, is. Yeah, I think I mentioned this before, but it's always it always helps to mention it again. Um, so he argues that the definition of a games... And let me look it up because I have the exact one and I don't want to get it wrong. Um, that playing a game is a voluntary attempt to uh, overcome unnecessary obstacles. Um, so in the case of snakes and ladders, you're voluntarily accepting the fact that you're going to sit down and roll these dice until one of you is at the end of the board. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like game of chance, it's, it's essentially a game of chance. Like, so would you not consider roulette a game? Or if you say that until getting the end, is me getting home later on today a game? Oh yeah, man. Well, so they do. They do talk about this in the book of like, okay, so yeah, it, just me walking home is that a game? And you can kind of argue like, well, there might be, you know, the most direct path to get home, which takes mm-hmm. five minutes, and there might be a scenic route, which takes twenty minutes. So you taking the scenic route rather than just going home the five minutes might be a game, or something where you'll it might take. Um, usually 10 minutes driving normally to get home, but you want to try and make it home in five minutes. 
So the game now is to unnecessarily drive fast in order to get home quicker. So you can kind of like add rules and limitations to it. I don't know if just getting home mm-hmm. is a game. You know what? I mean, yeah, we're going way down the weeds with this, but like, is there ever a state of something where it couldn't be described as a game? But like, that's I what mean, I keep trying to like. But now I'm discover. like, then that's like normcore. It's like, what is that? <laughs> just being super normal. Like, I actually don't know the definition. That's probably got a dirtier definition than that. But, um, but it's just like, I'm going to be as normal as possible. And that's my game, you know? Hmm. Like, or, um, so they talk about, um, uh, I'm just getting into the, the chapter about um, there's this example where uh, this guy is going to go rock climbing mm-hmm. and he he wants to climb Mount Everest. And when he gets to the top of it, um, there's a guy just standing there waiting for him. And he's like, how did you get here so fast? And he says, oh, I took the escalator. There's like an escalator that gets to the top now. <laughs> so if that person knew before ahead of time that there was an escalator that could get to you at the top of Mount Everest, would he still climb it or would he try to find another uh, mountain to climb? And then they talk about, okay, he finds this bigger mountain, but you can still take a helicopter to get to the top. So would he take the helicopter to get to the top or would he still climb it? And he argues that like to climb it is the game because you're unnecessarily taking hmm. a less efficient way to get to the top because you want to climb. So, but then you can also have games where you want to be as efficient as possible, like right. Anyway, uh, we probably should like wrap this up with good <laughs> stuff, right. but like we are way past the comfortable mark of the length of what is listenable, <laughs> <laughs> and we went into a deep philosophical. Hey, that's what this is about. Sure, trying sure, to get sure, to deeper sure. meetings here. <laughs> um, so thank you, Aman, for yeah, coming thanks on. for having me. Uh, we hope this is not the last time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we really enjoyed talking to you yeah we'll keep reading the book and maybe go deeper and if this is interesting to anyone other than us <laughs> we'll see yeah but send yeah. us your thoughts that's the do you like more of the uh, philosophical talking do you disagree with us or agree or have different yeah. uh examples that we can work with do you exist that's a good question that's, yes <laughs> just message us to say that you are listening <laughs> that would be great mm-hmm. oh yeah and then okay do we have a sign off <laughs> um no. Yeah, I think we were going so- with something. Like- Do you have any suggestions for a sign off for a game grasshopper type podcast? Hop on, little ones. Or- yeah, we oh, did something about we did, or was it? Or was it like game on something just super? Oh uh, yeah, we did, yeah, game on club. <laughs> game on, John. <laughs> game on, I'm on. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so enthusiastic and game on, listeners. <laughs> All right, well. Uh, Catch you for the next episode. Yeah. Hop on. Hop and on. All right. Thanks. All right. Got it. Well played.